What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Built Different Podcast. Our mission, to spark hope, encouragement, and motivation in and through your life today. When you finish a podcast, our hope is that our community would be inspired to live different, to live freely and boldly because of the love of Jesus. We'll be your hosts. I'm Zach. And I'm Brooke. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to this week's edition of the Built Different Podcast. You guys, I'm so excited to be releasing to you guys another powerful interview and episode today. This one's coming all the way from Dallas, Texas, as we recorded this down at our AACC, the American Association of Christian Counselors, mega national event with a sold out crowd, over 2,500 mental health and ministry leaders. And man, I'm telling you guys, that event was rich in content, rich in energy and passion, and God showed up and showed off in powerful ways as only he could. Our guest today on the podcast is actually one of those leading experts who's a licensed professional counselor. He's a certified substance abuse therapist as well as a certified multiple addictions therapist. And his name is Mr. Jim Cress. You guys, he is a near and dear friend to me and my family, but also to the entire family of the American Association of Christian Counselors. Having served and taught and spoken at several of our events over the years, we are incredibly thankful for him. We love him to death. This man is a busy guy. He's on several other podcasts. He works closely with several other ministry leaders, and we're just so incredibly thankful that he was able to spend a few moments with us today sharing about the topic that so many of us are so interested in, including myself, which is that of resilience. You know, as I'm in my doctoral program, I'm doing a lot of research on the topic of resilience and flourishing and what it looks like and mental wellness. And although there appears to be no concrete definition of resilience, a common theme that seems to exist includes positive adaptation in the presence or face of adversity, or in simpler terms, the capacity to recover quickly from one's difficulties. But I think it's important and imperative to note before we dive in to the topic today is that although some may even define it as bouncing back, um, you know, coming back from challenge or adversity is a process and it's not necessarily an immediate occurrence. I know that Jim, in and throughout this episode, he shares beautifully on the topic as he's so passionate about it himself. But when he talks about resilience, what he loves to say is there's no real external solution to an internal problem, right? When we're in bondage, sometimes we may run back to the very thing we crave to be free from. Resilience awaits once we are willing to walk the path of recovery. And as Jim notes in and throughout this episode, depravity, which means the innate corruption of human nature due to original sin, depravity is like gravity in the sense that they both want to pull us down, whereas resilience means no matter the circumstance or what comes against us, We will rise strong. And this resilience principle is even at the core of the Christian life. Jim reminds us in this week's episode that the ultimate form of resilience is that of the resurrection. Because of what Christ did on the cross, defeating sin, and then through the power of his resurrection, defeating death, we all have the opportunity of living with resurrection power. So when experiencing adversity and challenge and difficulty, we no longer have to scratch and claw and fight for victory, but rather we now get the opportunity of fighting from a place of victory. A chain, you see, is not only defined by its weakest link, but also by its strongest link. 
So when Jim learned this, he's then able to help us learn that no matter what comes at us, in the resurrection power of Christ, we're able to rise strong so that even our brain will begin neurochemically changing to where we're no longer just sitting there like, you know, asking Satan in a sense, daring him to throw these negative things at us, but more so helping us understand that whatever comes our way, we will rise strong together. And in knowing this, a verse that often comes to my mind is 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10, which says, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties for when I am weak, then I am strong. Jim brings up 2 Corinthians 10 verses 4 to 5 which say the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You guys, we can't do this thing called resilience on our own. We need both. If we wanna do it the right way, we need to do it while in a relationship and walking in attunement with God, but also doing it with one another. Understanding that people fuel will help us, hold us accountable, but also help us remain disciplined to bounce back even when times are hard and help us reshape our perspective in the midst of what seems like a very painful and dark and turbulent season. You guys, I hope you leave this episode encouraged and also just filled with a sense of resilience and a hope and spark that will lift you up and continue to help you remind you that no matter how many times you get knocked down in this life, you still have the power with the Lord as your foundation and cornerstone to keep standing right back up. My friends, let me introduce you to my dear friend, Mr. Jim Cress. Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. Zach, I've looked forward to doing this for a long time. Yes. Seeing you, which is so profound here at ACC, literally mm-hmm. grow up, you and Megan as kids, and to see where you are. And it's very clear about the Moses piece, that mm-hmm. Moses will then be passing that mantle off to Joshua, mm-hmm. and Moses being your dad. Yes. He wouldn't like me calling him that old, but it's just <laughs> that the future is bright for ACC with you and all that you're doing. Proud mm-hmm. of you and just love you and delighted to be here. I'm excited. I appreciate you, sir. Like we, like you said, <clears throat> we've been really talking about this for a long time. Yeah, we have. I have grown up, in a sense, under your wing for quite some time now, years and years and years, running mm-hmm. around like a little toddler for years at these events. We're here in Dallas, Texas at the AACC Mega National Conference. Mm-hmm. Super excited, sellout crowd. So many people that are so excited and eager to learn from leading experts like yourself on mm-hmm. mental health topics within our field and our space. So you're a busy man, just to begin with. You have a lot going on. <laughs> God has used you in just powerful ways. I see your Facebook posts all the time. You're all over the country, back and forth, but you have a heart for helping hurting people. And so mm. being on the forefronts of what kind of the word for the weekend was is unprecedented That's times, right. a lot yeah. of pain, a lot of suffering. What are you seeing the most? What are kind of some things that raise your brows, causes of concern, but also what's the opportunity out there for people, especially in my generation, to step up and step into the moment to provide the hope, healing, and encouragement people are seeking? Well, thank you for the question. For one, everyone listening today if you're a people helper at any level, maybe over a cup of count, a cup of coffee, your dad's coined that term a long time ago yeah. about coffee cup counseling. Most yeah. people are never going to a professional counselor. Right. It's happening, sitting there, could we get a cup mm. of coffee and talk? So uh, we all have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. That's right. We're in a, and your dad you know, hit it out of the park as he always does last night in an opening plenary, uh, really an inaugural challenge to all of us, but we're in a global mm. still 
no matter when they hear this podcast, years yeah. later in review, we've been in this global pandemic mm. of, of obviously of COVID-19. We're in a global mental health crisis pandemic. Absolutely. It's not even an epidemic, it's pandemic. Yeah. We're all uh, over our heads at one level to go, we've never seen anything like this, and then we're mm. in a global porn-demic. That's right. There's a porn-demic going on, the use of pornography, including high stats for pastors. Talk mm. about resiliency, I mean, they're, mm. they're not gonna have the resiliency if they're using pornography, so these are troubled times, yes. and I like to tell people, Zach, we have more help and hope then you have problems. Yes. And in Christ and his word and people helpers like AACC, we can get you there. We'll help mm. you, but you gotta be willing to get the help. Absolutely, gotta be willing to get the help. Mm-hmm. so thankful to come to an event like this and honestly in a field where it's like, okay, mental health space can be very daunting, can be very yeah, heavy true. and exhausting, but to see ourselves surrounded with like-minded individuals who are coming together and it kind of reminds me of the story in First Kings chapter 19 of Elijah when he went to the mouth of the cave and God had that still small voice and whispered, but mm-hmm. I've prepared, I've set aside 7,000 people still waiting for you, right, to come back. Mm-hmm. And so it's just very encouraging to, like you said, to rise together in the midst of all of the suffering that we're experiencing. Sir, something we always mention here is kind of the backwater to people's stories. God has yeah. used you, like I said, in powerful ways, but we also have to journey through some deep and dark valleys sometimes to reach those mountaintop True. moments. So, sir, knowing um, your testimony personally, if you don't mind just sharing just a brief synopsis yeah. of your testimony, but also some lessons you've learned along the way that have shaped and molded you into the person and leader you are. Well, thank you again, Zach. Uh, written over everything in my life is Genesis fifty twenty. When Joseph looked at his brothers, yeah. he could have killed them after all they had done, betrayed him, left him for dead. And what a powerful thing. And in the Hebrew, it's even more powerful. What you all meant for harm, yeah. you all meant to hurt me. Mm. He said God meant for good. And mm. what's implied there hermeneutically in the Hebrew is there was only one event. See, you thought that you were trying to harm me, and you were. But underneath it all, God has allowed this to happen. Do I understand all that? No. But God has allowed all this to happen for he is a redeeming God. He likes to redeem the stories. He never Mm -hmm. wastes a wound. So that's over my story. Victim of childhood sexual abuse as a child. Got introduced to pornography very early on. I was fifth of six kids in a family. Mm -hmm. And my mom at least used to say, without a joke, that she really only wanted two. What's that mean if you're number five in a family? Right. So with clients Mm -hmm. I work with, people I always say, Look at the milieu, the environment, just the whole thing that you were born into. And so I was born at one level, not really wanted at one level by Mm -hmm. my mother. That's going to set me up later when you think of attachment and attachment issues, et cetera. So in that realm, I began to, um, you know, an older boy introduced me into, which I couldn't get real pornography, so I call it poor man's pornography, Sears Mm. catalogs and stuff, but that became the part of my acting out to really numb out, which is the number one thing I see guys numbing out is a real sense of loneliness. Blaise Pascal, the mathematician philosopher, Mm. said all of men's problems stem from one thing, the inability to sit alone with yourself quietly in a room. So if I even fake this false intimacy connecting through pornography, Mm -hmm. in the moment it feels like somebody wants me, loves me, and it is, uh, it's just an attempted Mm -hmm. antidote to pain. It doesn't last. Got in recovery, I went to um, Bible college, uh, conservative independent Baptist college, which means a lot to me in my history, and thought I was looking for an external solution to an internal problem. Mm-hmm. Married, I was a music major. 
worship okay. leader married the christian piano player thought that would do it thought marriage and, and being able to get married quite frankly and have sex would do it right. there is no real external solution to an internal problem mm. and years later dr larry crab used to be he's a, with the lord now but yeah. was the spiritual director of acc he said part of you wants to be in this pornography but there's something deeper in you that doesn't that broke mm. through to me and i said what is deepest in me my truest identity is I was in bondage. I didn't want to do I wasn't just laughing right. and saying, ah, ha, ha, I'm a fake, I'm in porn. And that began me on a road. I spent eight years in therapy, never missed a week, me and my wife. I did a wow. bunch of other therapy, EMDR, some people oh, yeah. know what that is. Yeah. So I've done my work and I found out that once I began to do the internal work and the trauma work, mm. I'm a trauma-informed therapist now, but doing that deeper work, I found out that recovery works. And you talk about resiliency. Is yes. There was a resilience that awaited me once I was willing mm. to walk the path of recovery. Mm. It's powerful, sir. I'm glad you yeah. kind of bridged that gap from your story. Thank you, first off, for the vulnerability oh, and sharing, pleasure. but also then bridging the gap to this idea of resilience, something I know mm-hmm. you're very passionate about, something yeah. I'm actually trying to do a lot of research yeah. in right now as I'm going through my doctoral program in yep. counselor ed and supervision. And so I, I kind of wrote down some things. I know that there's not a common, or I should say there's no definition truly out there for resilience specifically, but there's common <laughs> themes, right, that seem to exist, including yeah positive adaptation in the presence of adversity, in simpler terms, the capacity to recover quickly from one's difficulties. Some define it as bouncing back, but I think Mm -hmm. it's also imperative to note that, you know what, it also is a process to go through, and it may not come immediate occurrence. Very well stated. Yes, but at the same time, sir, how would you define resilience in just your work, your research around it, what you're doing in just in that field and in that space? And also, how can people begin cultivating and maybe strengthening resilience within their own personal lives? Again, another great question. So depravity is this famous theological word. Most yeah. people know it. It's just my depravity kind of wants to pull me down, maybe yes. even into a and I tell people depravity is like gravity. Mm-hmm. They both pull you down. Resiliency is no matter what comes at me, mm-hmm. I rise strong. And how I teach it is, it's all over the Christian life, indeed at the core of the Christian life, what is yep. the ultimate rising up? The ultimate resiliency is called the resurrection. Mm-hmm. So one day we yes. all shall rise, and even sure. today we live in resurrection power, mm. as someone said, a, a chain like on a bicycle, a yeah. chain's not defined just by its weakest link, but also by its strongest link. Wow. So when I learned this through Dr. Brene Brown's work and other work, uh, she's written eloquently on resiliency yeah. in her book, Rising Strong especially, is then I began to, I struggle with some anxiety, mm. so I, I applied it there, and that whatever comes at me mm. in the power of Christ, and may I say in the resurrection power of Christ, mm. I'm able to rise strong. So my brain begins to even neurochemically begin to change more and more and say, okay, I'm not sitting there like, I dare you, like Mm. some football game or something. I'm gonna kick your butt or whatever. It's not like that. It's like saying, but whatever comes my way, I can rise strong. And we have the ultimate resiliency verse, in my opinion. There are many. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. See, there's are strongholds in our lives, verse 4 says, and they, they rise up against all of God's truth, it says. And we, not the pastor, not the counselor, not somebody else, not even God, it says we demolish these strongholds, lies that come up that pull us down by doing what? Taking every, how many? Every thought captive, but wait a minute, making it obedient to Christ. Mm. 
secular psychology, which is good, yeah. has CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, or saying, hey, that's a lie, I gotta bring the truth. But no, we have as Christians, we don't just take the thought captive, mm. we make it obedient to Christ, and as we do, we rise up in his power. That's kind of a long way around it, but that's how I define resiliency. It's based in the power of Christ. Mm, I think that's powerful mm-hmm. because you're talking about the power of Christ. That's where it's rooted. That's where it's anchored in, but also helping people rise above, right? Mm-hmm. I think if anybody has the calling of Christ truly on their life, I believe kind of the drug of choice that Satan would love nothing more than to just flaunt and put in our face mm-hmm. is that of comfort and complacency, right? Very and good. oftentimes when we go through painful situations, when we have deep and dark water stories, kind of like your own, when we feel like we can maybe learn this form of helplessness, right? Learned helplessness is something right. that we can re- easily fall into that trap mm-hmm. of. Psychology Today defined that as occurring when an individual continuously faces a negative, uncontrollable situation and stops trying to change their circumstances even when they have the ability to do so. And I think that to me is so detrimental in individuals' lives because it's almost like they lose hope or they lose this aspect of positive expectation anymore, that things can become better. I was just sharing in a previous interview that I was listening to my dad kind of interview Jonathan Evans, Pastor Tony Evans' youngest Mm -hmm. son yesterday, and he said a quote that really stood out to me, and what he said was, in the midst of my suffering, God spoke to me. If it isn't good yet, then God isn't done yet. I love that. And so that was a positive expectation he had moving forward that he could rise above knowing that God would prevail in the end. He used tragedy to become triumphant. And it's a perspective shift, kind of an outlook transition. So my question today is for people that are really hurting, Jim, and they're struggling and really they feel beaten down. Like honestly, pain couldn't even come in a different form right now. Like it's coming in every direction. What What would you say to them to maybe help spark a positive outlook once again to get them out of that trap of the learned helplessness state? Great, great practical question on that one, Zach. So what we tend to do is we look down, literally the head, you'll see people with their head hung low, down, we look down into our emotions. Mm. And often then, oh yeah, wait a minute, and they might look up into a vision. The Bible says without a vision, people die. And I say, if you have no vision, you'll die. And if you have a vision that God's given you, look up Mm -hmm. and you don't live out your vision and walk it out, you'll die. Either way, you die. No vision, you die. Have a vision and don't live it out. You die. So I tell people it's okay to, we're all counselors here, right? Look down for a moment, but put just a glimpse Mm -hmm. at your emotions and your problems, but continue to raise your head up Mm -hmm. and look up to God and all of his truth. That's what David did. It's not original with me. Psalm 42 and Psalm 43. Three times David said, and I love the self-talk, right? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Mm. You could feel him. Three times he looks down. Ooh, I'm not ignoring that. I am downcast, O my soul. But all three times he looked up and said, I will hope in God. Mm. Jews don't even, by the way, in the Bible, they didn't say heads are bowed and eyes are closed. That's fine if you do that. They would raise hands and look up. And he said, I will look up. Of course, I look up, you know, I see the mountains and see everything. From whence cometh my help? My help Mm. cometh from the Lord. So that Mm. piece is do look down. Some people don't want to look down at all. And what I don't work out, I think I will Mm. act out. That's just, I like holding a beach ball underwater. I don't want to face my emotions. Well, Jesus faced his emotions. You can do that. But Mm. other people begin to look down, and it's like I call it Cro-Magnon man. They're just so bent over down saying, now glimpse at your emotions, see them. But each time, one for one, raise up and say, God, Mm. thou art my God. I will hope in you. 
Mm, I think that's powerful because like you're saying, look down to see and become aware of your mm-hmm. emotions, but then lifting them, every single one of them up to the Lord and allowing him to do his good work in and through each. It's powerful. Yeah. Um, just a picture that I can really see in my own mind right now. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, my pleasure. So something that, another thing that I want to dive into, spiritually speaking, you even brought up just this, the story of Nehemiah, right? And working mm-hmm. through the book with individuals. You know, research shows that when you incorporate spirituality, even into the counseling session, into the therapeutic process, that it can have incredible implications in helping build resilience, uh, incorporating life satisfaction, quality of life, mental well-being, and more. Mm-hmm. And so seeing those that research, what kind of do you think it is about our Christian faith that maybe sparks such resilience and helps individuals really rise up from the ashes and still find something beautiful in the midst, knowing that God is working on our behalf? Great question again. And again, I go back to the ultimate resilience is resurrection. And that literally we have resurrection power in us. And this today is not how the story ends. I mean, you know, as we're recording this, have we come into little football season? Can I get a witness? We're in Dallas, Texas. Come on. Tom Brady's coming in over there. That's right. All that. So here's the deal. But nobody, I mean, gamblers might try, but nobody can say how that football game's going to end. Well, we know the game of life. We know the story. We know the score. We win. We go to heaven if we know Christ. It's one of the most fascinating things. The outcome is the ultimate resilience. We shall be resurrected Mm. if he comes we'll meet him in the air otherwise the dead in christ will rise first either way we win and our Mm. eyes can only and ears and mind can only imagine what heaven we're not going to be just sitting there peacing out we're going to be the things we're going to be doing in eternity are just beyond belief i think Mm. working and doing all kinds of things and worshiping the lord so the ideas i have to look every day and many have written on this called practice resurrection and a daily mindfulness which is the biblical term yes that's that's mindfulness truly came out of the bible set your mind on these things so the idea is to say every day when i want to look down as martin luther said i cannot keep the thought birds from flying over my head but i can keep them from making a nest in my hair Mm. and i have to constantly look up and say you're my hope jesus this is not how the story ends i know how the story ends someone said when satan reminds you of your past you remind him of his future mm-hmm. and that's not to be arrogant or yeah. have bravado but to say i know how the story ends but now we have to walk it out day by day imagine then mm-hmm. those disciples and apostles and jesus says y'all you, you don't get it i gotta leave you just rose from the dead with me you gotta leave right. it's, if i don't the holy spirit can't come The Old Testament people didn't have that, not the way we do. We have the Holy Spirit in us and the power. So those are, I think, daily reminders, whether you do it in your quiet time or a journal, to remind yourself, is it any wonder, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you? To be in Scripture and Scripture memory, having people around you reminding you. Nehemiah did that. He said, when you get weak... He said, I need you to have a rally cry. The guy blows the trumpet, rally to us. Our God will fight for us there. So Mm. develop a rally cry. Have six, seven people you call and say, just remind me of who I am. That's right. You're a good man. You're a good woman. You've got this. You're strong. Oh, no, Mm. I'm in cancer. That's right. This is not how the story ends ultimately. Mm. These reminders of who we are, I think it's a daily practice. It is definitely a daily practice. And that goes even into further the sense of good godly community and how important and imperative relationships 
relationships are moving forward and even in the resilience building process. Something my dad shared from stage last night, something that Jonathan Evans shared in that interview with him was really this idea that even in the midst of suffering, we often lose sight of the victory, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the reason is because we're constantly sucking air fighting for victory rather than fighting from a place of victory. Different, isn't that good? It's completely different. And so I think that's a beautiful perspective shift like when you keep talking about the resurrection right and understanding that without death there is no new life and so it's a beautiful place to be able to find ourselves in the midst of our brokenness knowing that god is going to rise us up and prevail us higher than we could have possibly ever been if we just do not give up galatians 6 9 do not grow weary in doing what is right for in due time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up yeah jim as we close up, sir, I love you. I love your I love spirit. You too, I love buddy. all the knowledge and everything that you've been able to bestow on myself, but also every individual that you've been able to mm. impact over the years Thank and help. You. As we close, what we love to do here on the podcast is leave the door open for our guests just to share something that God has placed on their heart for such a time as this, maybe something that he's been really speaking into your life, showing Mm -hmm. you, revealing you through the scriptures. What's the word of hope, encouragement, and motivation you want to leave with myself and all of our listeners today? I'll do this one brief. Me and your dad have done thousands of hours of radio shows together when we used to do radio together. Yeah. We don't have 30 minutes for this, so I'm going to be briefly. It's the my ministry business, whatever you want to call it, is called Integrity Redeemed, and it comes out of Psalm 2611. Mm-hmm. And David's writing there, and he says, but as for me, I'm not speaking for the rest of you. Just as for me, I will walk. Get up and get moving, resilient. He said, but as for me, I will walk in my integrity. See that word as wholeness, not just I have integrity as a business person. Mm-hmm. I will walk in my wholeness getting all of my stories when we tend to orphan off parts of our story, getting them redeemed and bringing them integrated back together. This is my story. Mm. This is my song, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the old song. But as for me, I shall walk in my integrity, redeem me and be gracious to me. What I love about that, bud, is it's not restore me, rebuild me. That's all in there. But the idea that God is a redeeming God, he said, you know all that junk over there, even sin that you did, if you'll let me, I'll restore all this even restoring the years the locusts have eaten, and I will redeem your life. And where I will take you out mm-hmm. in the future is I will help you help many other people see captives be set free. Wow. Hey, we've sinned long enough or been living you know, down in a rabbit hole long enough. I want to walk into freedom, and I want to be able to walk right up, maybe not like Enoch who walked with God and God took him, but I want to be walking with God as I walk into eternity, not just shuffleboarding or golfing and or sitting watching TV in my latter years. I want to be walking with my story redeemed. Mm, walking with your story redeemed. Yeah. Jim Crest, thank you so much oh, for pleasure. taking the time to join us today. Thank you for your heart, your willingness, and like I said, the help and the hope and the encouragement that you mm-hmm. instill within so many that are seeking it on a daily basis. I love you, friend. Thank you again for joining us today. My pleasure. Man, everybody, what a powerful episode and one that just really instilled such hope and encouragement. And my prayer is that it instills a little bit of motivation in your life today just to continually choose to live the resilient life. When I think of that word resilience, I don't know about you, but it kind of takes me back to old Rocky Balboa, man. Those movies that just get you so juiced up and you're ready to run through a brick wall, right? When you're watching them. I think of the old quote that Rocky said, it ain't about how hard you can hit, right? It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward or how much you can take and keep moving forward. Now bypass that horrific Rocky accent, (laughs) 
But what I think about is just every time life tries to knock us down, just understanding that we get the opportunity as followers of Christ to press into him, understanding that what Christ did for us on the cross, defeating sin, and then what he did for us by rising again from the grave, defeating death, that we don't have to scratch and claw fighting for victory. But once again, we get the opportunity of fighting from a place of victory you guys don't lose sight of the victory in the midst of the mess you're living in today just remember that each and every day you have the opportunity to press into god and to allow him through the power of his spirit to remind you of your worth and your value and that he can turn anything out for his good for those that love him and have been called according to his purpose i want to end by reading james 1 2 to 4 couple of my favorite verses in all of scripture and they read consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance so let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything those words right there when we go through trial i think resilience helps us understand that we need to reshape our perspective ultimately understanding that our perspective steers our potential in the midst of pain as inky always says how you view what you do always affects how you do what you do when we understand that pain can be used for our greatest good and that it can teach us some of the greatest lessons and that it can build us stronger and it can actually help us grow in ways that we could have never grown without the source of pain in the first place that's when we can truly experience joy and understanding that this is happening for my greatest good your external may not look all that great but i'm telling you you have the strength internally to withstand anything that comes up against you in this life my friends choose resilience today as always we love you so much we're so thankful you tuned in today thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the build different podcast